Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, greetings. I'm... Let's see. Anybody out there? Anybody out there? Anyways, let's start the thing. Oh, my my sister. What's what's that happen? Batman song here in a second. I can't seem to find the speaker at the moment, so I don't know how the quality of this sounds. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Fucking hot out here. How did that? I don't know. Can anybody tell me how that sound quality sounded? Hey, Dusty, was that a good quality, or should I not play any music at all today? <laughs> all right, that's cool. Cool enough. Anybody else out there? All right. How about a? Yeah, how about a tune? I can hear you five by five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. How's it going? Greetings, brother. How you doing, Greetings. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Is this, is this Joshua? It is. <laughs> What's up, brother? What's up, brother, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> just thought I'd tune in. I love, you know, I love a good talk show. There's not enough of them. And, uh. So, and I'd forgotten about yours till uh, earlier today, and uh, thought I'd tune in again and see what's been going on. I heard that uh, you forwarded a movie to me earlier, uh, a YouTube link to uh, another call you just recently took care of. I don't know how you got so many accounts that you can you can do that with. <laughs> I don't have any credit card accounts or anything to do that with. Actually, to do what? Like, 
Well, like to get them to, you know, uh, put it on the cease and desist, that sort of thing. Oh, okay, okay. I've got one uh, cell phone bill I pay every month. Um, that I should be working. I should work on that. I have it in my proper name, in upper and lower case and all that, and uh, which matches my decree from probate. If you've heard about that angle, I've done that. You know what that's about? Tell us about that. What is that? Well, people go in and change their name um, in the probate courts, and they change it from all capital letters to proper grammar, exactly as it's written on the birth certificate. Um, and that gives you a decree of assignment of the name. And now you have an equitable interest in anything with that name on it like that. And you have control of the accounts, you know, and various things like that. That's why I called in on July the 4th and I talked uh, only for three and a half minutes. Uh, somewhere in that five-hour call I mentioned, I said, yeah, I know uh, one instance where making a claim actually worked. And uh, I had to, my car had gotten impounded. So I went down and I met with the chief of police and I told them, and the city manager, and I, I told them that uh, it wasn't my car, but I am the beneficiary. And boom. You know, um, the, the the city manager said, well, uh, who, who are the trustees? I said, you are, if I accept your oath of office. And the city manager said, I don't have an oath of office to that state. Exactly how he put it. So I look over at the chief, and he was a newly uh, just appointed, and his, you know, oath of office was published in the newspaper that he had just, you know, done an oath and got sworn in. And that's when he started saying, hey, uh, let me see what I can do. <laughs> Three hours later, went and got the car out without paying a penny. It had been in the impound for 23 days. And I wouldn't have the confidence to do that if I didn't have a decree right there in my briefcase to show him in case he uh, didn't believe that I was the intended beneficiary for anything bearing that particular name. Cool. How did you come up with the uh, decree, though? Did you have to go file that? or You have to go oh, you to gotta... the petition in the, probate, in the probate court. You know, that's where it all starts. The, the registrar that does your birth certificate is the probate registrar. <clears throat> and it's been, you know, in probate ever since the day they birthed that thing. And, you know, study you show yourself approved. Probate means proof. It's for proving wills. Right. Births, adoptions, weddings, and yeah. Birth, deaths, adoptions, weddings. This all happens in probate. People have been having amazing results doing this. Uh, Tell us all about yours. Incredible. You would be so kind. What well, else? How? With the, uh, the... <laughs> well, the first couple of times anybody tried to cite me, and, and the time that they impounded the car, um, the district attorney did not bring any charges against me or against that name. That's <clears throat> two different times, one year apart. The first time was one week after I got that decree. And I haven't had a, a lot of opportunity to exercise that thing because, well, lots of reasons, you know. But if you want to, you know, you're supposed to be able to uh, motion to amend any name that they come at you with in the court case. Motion to amend it to the proper grammar, first, middle, last, in that order, you know. And 
then you have your evidence that you're the intended beneficiary, which would be your authenticated certificate of live birth at this both levels. You know, they call it double authenticated state and federal level. And with that in the decree um, from the probate court, there's your vital evidence, they call it, evidence of life. And you're holding it. You're the intended beneficiary. And you should be able to uh, have that court case become payable to the estate, you know, the name on the COLB, rather than have those guys take it and run away with it tax-free. It would literally turn the tables on those money changers, you know? Right. They want to be the beneficiaries and, and make you the trustee. Yeah, I, I'll shoot you some links uh, a little later in Skype um, for some stuff you can listen to. You ever listen to Brian Parker's talk show? Sounds that guy? His episode 140 has the uh, latest uh, that he's done with the woman who pioneered most of all the all, all the breakthroughs that 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 uh, that we've been learning about, and uh, just the last week or so, two weeks. Cool. Ago, when, is, when, when is he on? I would love to chat with that guy. He, he does. He does Sunday nights uh, about six o'clock Florida time every Sunday. It's called Tactical Sovereignty. His his oh. talk show. Oh yes, yes. I heard of him. He's had her on there four times, and yeah, she's been having amazing things. Like she stays in a Hyatt suite, and Hyatt tried to kick her out a couple times, and she just she gets a free room. She's been having a free room from them and beat all their corporate lawyers a couple of times because she, you know, that her name's on that account. That makes them your trustee if you know your position. I mean, she goes and does live webinars in uh, different places and and ends up staying in in their hotels for free. <laughs> Who was the girl? She goes by uh, online trial era. So T-R-Y-A-L-H-E-R-A. Matter of fact, uh, she's got a website out there. No all caps, zero, zero. Dot wixsite.com forward slash my site, I believe it is. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, how long have you been doing this for? What's this new? Uh, I got a decree uh, in 2018, January of 2018. I got this decree. So I'm pretty new at this. Some of those people got theirs two years before that, you know. To me, it um, since it went right along with the Bible, you know, like getting a new name on a white stone. Um. And it's in American jurisprudence, it's in the Libra Code, it's in the Army 27-10, and it's in all kinds of places consistently throughout. That, uh, you know, we even had presidents stand up there and say, uh, we need to change, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or uh, State Farm, you know, get to a better state, you know, and it's in all the movies, you know, the big nothing and the never-ending story until you got a name. Go out and make a name for yourself, boy. They used to tell people, right? They didn't say, like, go out and make a good reputation for you. They didn't mean that. It means go out and get evidence that you have. You remember the old Johnny Carson? Uh, there's an episode. Of, there's a lawyer that he's sitting with. I tried to memorize that guy's name not too long ago. This uh, uh, Jake Ehrlich? 
Right, I was I was gonna say that, but I wasn't sure if that was quite right. But that's the one. Yeah, Jake Early. Yeah, you know. So you've seen that, right? And he's I asking so. Johnny. He's saying, uh, "What what evidence do you have that that's your name? You know, you're claiming that's your name. Can you prove your claim?" Right. Right. Of course, you you get around that by not even claiming that's your name. I like that one where you said, "I've been known to use those sounds." <laughs> but what else could it be, man? Dog listens to the name he uses, so he turns around. I do the same thing mm-hmm. a dog does. Hey, what's going on? I heard that sound somewhere. <laughs> I believe. I like to call. It's my yeah. It's a calling. I have a calling. A name uh, is is a person, place, or thing, and a noun. So. Uh, so how can you even down, so. how can you even have a calling? Could it be just a calling I'm you a use? Well, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know. You got me there, right? Uh, that's like saying I will answer if you call this these sounds. But it's a it's a it's a way of saying what you'll answer to without calling it a name. You know, well, right. Depends what's yeah, the uh, name. well. It depends what the uh, what the definition of name is, you know, to the other individual. Yeah, and you know, like uh, if you look at a passport, it says given name and surname. It doesn't say first name and last name. As you know, an ens legis or a legal entity has a first, middle, and last. Those are only on ends legises. So if if you you know if somebody points at an ID card and says, "Is that you?" and you answer yes, then you've just shown that you're non-compost mentis, haven't you? You know, you might say, "Well, I don't know. Why don't you ask that card if it's me?" You know, if it doesn't <laughs> answer, I guess you know it's not me, right? You, you know, if you answer, "Well, no, it's not me. It's an identification card." You know, and. But uh, there's a difference between a given name and a first and middle name. And so that's one of my next steps is to get a passport done correctly. What do you mean? Like one of those passport citizens thing? Yeah, you don't check the U.S. citizen box, you know. uh, What's the intent behind that? Well, to be able to uh, move through different jurisdictions or ports, shall we call them, and pass through without being harassed. If you look at the uh, verbiage on the passport book, it says, you've probably heard this before, um, David Strait's been putting it out there a lot in his recent seminars he does. I've got a picture of it right in front of me that I took earlier today. Secretary of State of the United States of America requests, hereby requests all whom it may concern to permit the citizen slash national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need to give all lawful aid and protection. Now, so if a guy pulls you over, you know, puts his lights on, and it looks like there's an emergency behind you, so you pull over to get out of his way. But instead, he comes up to your window, and he, and he, he says, you know why I pulled you over? And you could say, well, actually, I thought you had an emergency, so I was getting out of your way. So, no, uh, 
but he's going to want to see something, right? And you, instead of giving him a license, you can show him your passport. And there's instructions right there. The Secretary of State of the United States of America says to uh, let him pass without hindrance and, and give all lawful aid and protection. So, like, hell, if you were on the way to the hospital trying to get, uh, you know, your wife there before she's uh, the baby pops out, you know, they should uh, get out in front of you and give you uh, aid and protection on your way to the hospital. Which sounds pretty good to me. So that's why I want one. And because I I turned in my driver's license back to the DMV. Well, no, I wouldn't call it my driver's license. Their driver's license. And uh, so I don't have one of those. Hey, yeah, what yeah. if you're just what if you're just using the stuff? What's their need for passport or license for? Well, is a is a is know, something you're just using in requirement of a license? Well, I've learned so much in these past three years that you know if if you're if you're uh, gonna call yourself a resident, right? Another thing a passport doesn't have is uh, an address, no street address on them. So it's not trying to place you into a residence, which means you're a District of Columbia U.S. citizen, you know, and then that's where you were, that's your national, you know, or actually that's kind of stateless. And you're just, you're living on, on a on a geographical state of the union to make money in commerce so that that means you're a resident you're going to pay all those taxes now, i always think of that when I th you hear the word resident i think of that movie resident evil <laughs> i say <same> here <laughs> yep <clears throat> you know and, uh, i've been a computer network system administrator guy for many years and uh, one of the things that you know you launch a program called the daemon on a unix box and it's going to do what they call terminate and stay resident, you know, and it's called a demon or a daemon. You know, it's it's daemon, a, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, ter terminated and staying resident. Civilly dead, you know, mostly, really. You know, that's one of the things why if you go get the name change decree, you can then <clears throat> you can uh, have your birth record changed if you want. And you can make minor changes without a decree, but to do a major change, you have to have a decree. And is that to, that's because is that, you, you, is that go ahead? Because you've reached age of majority, so you can make major changes, and you're no longer going to be. A, they're not going to try to force an attorney on you and say, hey, you know, uh, or maybe you need to get evaluated because, or, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna force an attorney on you because you're considered a minor ward of the court until you figure out the difference between a first middle last name and your own name you know who told you that does that make sense uh who told me that yeah well you know, look at corpus juris secundum where it talks about who attorneys can represent uh non-compost mentis lunatics of unsound mind um um <clears throat> invalids you know and uh, corporations Oh, cool. You mind calling that guy up? Maybe I'd like to speak with him. <laughs> uh, Corpus Juris Secundum. 
Yeah, uh, which would be so kind to to get him on the fo- on the talk show here. It'd be pretty cool, so everybody can hear. I don't think we. He's a first book. He's not a guy, you know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's a you have me confused there for a little bit. It does say in there. You've seen that stuff, you know. Lawyers can only represent minors and wards. You know, why do you think they they call the guy at the prison a warden? He's got a bunch of wards in there. They're wards of the state because they haven't claimed the nationality yet. Could it be you're only a ward if you claim you are? Well, that's going to be their presumption. Well, yeah, that's fine, then, yeah. You do I mean, unless... Wise, you know. Well, uh, if they're running the system by the Bible, and the Bible says by their deeds you shall know them. I like having a deed uh, showing that I am the intended beneficiary of the estate that was created when, uh, you know, the doctor caught me and uh, weighed me, took five drops of blood from my heel and put my footprints on a piece of sackcloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, say that again. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I like having a deed. You what know, for? I just like to Ehrlich. Ehrlich was saying, what evidence do you have that that's your name? Do you have any evidence? Well, because what for? Well, you know, if you're the intended beneficiary and there's no money to be made off of arresting you and jailing you, then they're probably not going to try to arrest you and jail you anymore. So is it like something and, you, you know, is it something you prove to them as to what, how you're supposed to be treated? Well, that's what probate means. It means proof. Well, is it true? Rules. Is it true that the, the claimant has the burden to prove their claims? You don't think that's a little bit uh, mm-hmm. hard sauce? You don't think that's too much work there? You ever heard uh, the old? The time. <laughs> you ever heard the old? You ever heard the old terminology? Kiss principle. Keep it yes, simple, stupid. Yes, yes. <laughs> However, one of the things that I like to throw in there when people come, you know, from that angle, I think, you know, would you rather? Um, you know um, fix the root of the issue and never have to deal with like repeated repetitious you know time after time say okay well who's making the claim and you know I'm on proof of claim I will go ahead and take care of this and then they might keep coming after you for years and years and years but if you do other things they're going to change their computer database and it's going to tell everybody to just leave you alone. And then you don't have to keep answering different paperwork and phone calls and things trying to get you into joinder with the legal personality. You know what I mean? Is it or is they just asking simple questions to see if they, uh, they could be answered to somebody making a claim towards it? Maybe they need some help finding the claim you now. Maybe they're trying to look for you. Who knows? Um, but I believe yeah, um, from the person, yeah. From the, yeah, from the perception I see it, I, I believe um, if you you know if if you stay on point, you know you're making absolutely no claims, they'll eventually leave you alone. You know, and it's I believe it's just one hasty you know 
kind of just ask the right questions, you know, since asking, you know, um, the right mm -hmm. questions, staying on point, and the one who the burden relies on them to prove whatever it is that they're claiming on. Staying honorable, of course, you know, um, giving giving them giving them firsthand testimony in the matter, which is kind of more valuable than I believe paperwork, but it works both ways. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll shoot you some links so you can uh, maybe. Uh, I would have thought most everybody that's, but if you haven't heard about this kind of thing yet, then uh, it's time to get it. I heard because about let's that. Let's say, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, yeah, yeah, that's right. But that's good to bring back as a refreshment. It's been a while. So. Well, you know, it's, and it's like if, if you agree, and it appears to me that they are running this entire legal system and world system by the Bible, the King James Bible, aren't they? You know, you look at those Ten Commandments, and if you bear false witness, so if you say, yeah, that's my name or that's me, you just made a couple of mistakes already, you know. You might not be honoring your mother and father because you're, you're kind of, you know, adulterating your given name with a, with a family, a surname that's, that's crown letters patent, right? Until you get it authenticated, uh, you don't have uh, letters patent. And that's why uh, I think an attorney has to be an Esquire because he's dealing with a crown letters patent family name that's been in business, you know, since the 1100s or so to track estates and inheritance. Well, or could it be? Locked. Or could it be the lawyer there because the king just arrived? <laughs> I, that's why I like your calls and I like the way uh, you look at things and it's, it's fun. It could be allegedly, yeah. Right, the I one who's he who is questioning this ass king, right? Yeah, and so it's fun once you you know once you realize the rules of the game. Civics is fun. If you're not having fun, yeah, if you're not having fun, what else can you be doing? <laughs> could it be that's, could that be, could that lead you to believe you're doing something wrong if you're not having fun with it? Mm hmm But so, you know, if if you've got a mortgage and, and, and if, you know, maybe they're, you're renting a name, you know, you you got a lease. Maybe you have a leasehold for that name that they put on your mortgage and it's not going to be in proper grammar up or lower. And maybe that's what you're paying them every month to use because you don't have one of your own. If you do, you don't know the difference, you know. And yeah, on the computer networks, uh, you, you always have to, you can't do anything without a name. You got to have that username. You got to log in. And that username okay. has all the rights associated to it, you know. I right click on somebody's name and give them access to this directory or only give them access during these hours or, you know, can't read and write or they can or they can, they have administrator rights or they don't or, you know, and it's all based on that particular username. But yes, in this, yet in this legal system, they, they keep throwing all kinds of different names your way. Middle initial, you know, shortened front, first name, you know, and misspelled, you know, all capital letters and uh, just every variation except first, middle, last, upper, lower case, proper grammar. They stay the hell away from that one. Um, especially if you have a decree for it and an authenticated uh, certificate of live birth. 
that's the one they can't trample on. It appears to be uh, the way it works. A lot of people like to get that uh, live bird thing. You know what I like to do? I like to be alive and show up. So I can. Is it? Could it be just self-evident that you're alive? <laughs> but not, that doesn't fix their computers, though. You know that's that's the thing. You know, could there be uh, could there be a mistake in the system? Then could there be a glitch? There, there's probably a lot of them. But could that uh, could that be a mistake yeah, in the it, matter? Well. What if Jesus said, follow me, don't be just a hearer, but be a doer and follow me. If you're my disciple, you will follow me. And where did he go? Well, he went to a court hearing and Pilate washes his hands. That's a indicative of an equity court because, you know, the 20 maxims of equity, right? If you want uh, equity, you must come in with clean hands. Equity considers the beneficiary the true owner. Uh, equity follows the law. Um, you know, equity will take jurisdiction to avoid a multiplicity of suits. Equity sees done what ought to be done. And, and, you know, a few more. And then Herod does something. And, you know, three days later, the, the books are balanced or something, you know, the T plus three. They put the... Uh, do a crucifixion or crucify the fiction resurrection. If you break that work down, you have that, sir, S U R resurrection. If sir means above and erection means form of government then resurrection could mean change the form of government over you. And since in the beginning, the earth was without form and all contracts were void, you know, maybe if the declaration of independence says you have the right to alter or abolish the form of government. So whatever forms you might have filled out, SS5 and a driver's license app, being the main ones that put you in the wrong jurisdiction when you were a youngster, you know, um, you change the form of government and uh, do a resurrection, crucify that fiction and then uh, be able to, uh, you know, have a white stone with a new name on it and be able to travel from town to town without being harassed like those guys in that good old book. You know, I think Moses was a foundling as well, wasn't he? He was floating down a canal. And if the U.S. says they own all canals, they don't really say uh, whether they, they're talking about your mother's birth canal or not. If she says she's a U.S. citizen, that must be their canal too. Go ahead. Hang on a second. Yeah. <clears throat> What's up, JJ? All right. Until then, how about a song? See which one sounds good. If it sounds shitty, just let me know. All right. 
For yourself, boys and girls, if you don't believe it. But anyways, you back, Josh? Yeah, I'm back. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Thanks for posting the site. Yeah, nice. and then and then the talk shoe link. That's for. 
Charles' latest uh, appearance at Brian Parker's about two weeks ago. And she'll talk about, uh, I think it's Title 18, Section 1342 in the United States Code, where it says uh, if you're using the mail to do this, that, or the other, and anything but your own proper name, you know, you hear about proper service of process and proper this and proper that all the time. And we didn't realize that they mean improper and correct form and style. <clears throat> Everything else is a misnomer and bribe. Leave me not in the temptation, but deliver me from evil. You look up misnomer, it comes up as bribe. And if you look up bribe, it comes up as temptation. The whole book is about names, you know, holy be thy name. And uh, you don't want to be using the name in vain, do you? It says don't use the Lord's name in vain, and it shows it in all capital L-O-R-D for that particular passage in the King James. Nice. It all fits, brother. I see there's a whole lot of people on this call. I, I didn't uh, didn't want to hog the whole show, man. It's all good, man. I like hearing. Uh, I like to hear more than I speak, honestly. Can I tell you? So, yeah, I currently have a phone bill and an internet provider in that proper grammar, upper, lower name. So um, one of these days, I'm going to have to pick up the phone and try to get all the way up to their CFO, you know, or their chief counsel. You know, say at Metro PCS and say, hey, guys, you know, I'm the intended beneficiary of this name that you've invested in, you know, and uh, I have an exemplification here and a decree for it. And this exemplification says full faith and credit of the presiding judge. And I think it means I'm exempt from public taxes. And then I should probably get a free phone every month. I know the right magic words to say. <laughs> wow, that'd be fucking awesome, yeah. man. I'd love to see that happen. Hollywood. Yeah, and, you know, let's say, you know, same with mortgages and that sort of thing. You know. Uh, cool. If anything, yeah. anything that bears that particular sequence of letters in, in upper lower, you know, and and tied to that date of birth uh, you have an equitable interest in it oh, and duh. so you know and then yeah right now I'm having to write a bill in equity um, which is a huge learning curve there's you know a, a way to do it and hopefully get flipped over into in chambers you know in camera type of thing where lawyers can't go. Nice. Got a couple of, couple of I issues have yet, to deal with. And... I, have, I have yet to do the mortgage, oh, yeah. but I've, I've been thinking about getting something like that soon. I've been getting offers from like, for a new car loan so far. Did I tell you about, did you hear about the car loan? You know, what happened to my car, the car loan I use, or the one I use? No. Um... Not lately. I might have seen a YouTube about it and forgotten, but unless you didn't do any YouTubes on it. Yeah, what? possibly. You see, you seen the YouTube video? Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of you. You got a million of them, though. I probably watched at least about ten of them. 
Yeah, that one was pretty simple, man. I'm still using the car. Nobody's coming after me. Just ask the proper <laughs> question. Just ask the proper questions, and that's all it took. I fucking... There, I there's like, a place out here. I'm in California. There's a place that sells cars, but they put um, a remote controlled disabling. They can disable the ignition if you didn't make your payment. A friend of mine had a well, car through that company. And a minute of this payment was, you know, it's just, just like your metro cell phones. If, if you don't, by midnight, you know, make a payment, your phone shuts off around midnight, you know, a little after midnight. His car would shut off in the <laughs> a bunch of times. Uh, and I, I tried to tell him a few things, like, you know, maybe send him that debt validation thing, you know, that uh, a qualified written request, you know, and, and they'll probably leave you alone. But he, he wasn't that kind of guy yet, you know, he's, he's a youngster. Yeah, but yeah, you know, right after I got a name change decree, I don't know if it's just coincidence, but I was contacted with a phone call from a local Ford dealership that said we have a special, we have a special private offer. And those two words caught my attention. Special private offer. We're going to give you from Ford. We're going to give you a three thousand uh, dollar. Uh, what do they call it? not a rebate they didn't call it a rebate they said $3,000 towards any new Ford of your choice for being a loyal customer and I'm thinking wow so because I looked up uh, you know the, the F kind of F-150 I would like to have maybe and uh, you know it said it's 26,000 pesos on, on the on the sticker on the door and three thousand dollars is about twenty six thousand pesos. So it sounds like they're trying to give me a free truck. You know, because that that dollar that sigil in front of the numbers on the on the door, you know, window sticker is just an S with one line through it. If you look that up online, they will you will see that that's the peso symbol. You know what I mean? All those price tags in the store, you know, five gallons price. of, uh, you know, laundry soap is, uh, you know, 9.97 pesos. You know what I see and when I go, see a price tag? Give them a dollar instead. Hmm. What do you see? I see, I'm led to believe, someone stopped using the so-called whatever it is, and they left for something, so they left it there. And they abandoned it for somebody else to use. Could that be? Mm. No, because you know somebody put it out there, cut it, to cut the box open, stock the shelves, and put it out there for people to purchase. I don't think it's abandoned. That's why it's inside. They lock the doors at night, so it doesn't appear to be abandoned. And they have people walking up and down the aisles to make sure no one steals stuff. And they have checkers at the front of the store to uh, accept your pesos or debit card or whatever you're going to pay with. And they're going to give you a receipt that most of the times doesn't even have a uh, dollar sign or a peso sign. If you look, <laughs> there are a lot of places they don't have either one of those sigils on your receipt, which is interesting. A receipt, huh? But, you know, you live on a county, and it's well, part, part of a, of, a county. What well, part of California yeah. do you live in? They're, they're all counting, you know? Every, every air on our head is counted, apparently. 
Uh, Northern California. Yeah. Nice. Uh, allegedly out here, L.A. area. Allegedly. Yeah. City of Angels. Yep. Yeah. I bet it was nice back in about the 30s and 40s, huh? San Diego and all that. From what I heard. You know, I was looking at postcards and, and you see these, you know, say the Farallon Islands. Is it the Farallons that are out there? Or am I thinking of the ones up north? Um, right north. There's, there's islands, Santa Maria and uh, there's other, there's three islands down there. I forget what they're called right now, but um, a lot of postcards you can pick up. And there's a beautiful shot of those islands from the shore, you know. But most of those images, you know, these days when you try to look offshore, there's like a blanket of smog and you can't see any islands. And most of those images are from the 40s and 50s. They just keep reusing the old coat of chrome, you know. Yeah. And, and what, post, what, what, what cards are you talking about? Postcards, you know, you in a gift shop. They're going to, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. You'll see these pictures and then you're like, Whoa. What day did they take that picture? Because I haven't seen offshore for more than, you know, half a mile before. It's just a fog, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's fog all these smog yeah. together. You know, I bet it was beautiful back in the forties and fifties. You know, it was. Well, only if I was there, I'd tell you. But, I'm I'm right next to a lake right now that's uh, full of algae. I can't see through the water anymore. Yeah, but it was beautiful back then too. Sitting in a hundred and twenty year old resort right now. Next to a lake that used to be clear. That's for a valve. Pardon me? It's full of the green stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. now. Sounds peaceful though, wherever you're at. If you're next to a lake. I love being by the water. Yeah. I'm originally from Southern California. Yeah. Is it Different a... kind of beaches down there. Flat, hot, and level. Up here, they're uh, steeper and colder, you know. And, yeah. you know, you can walk across the sand without burning your feet. I remember as a little kid just having to just, just run, just sprint all the way to the water, you know, because the sand was so <laughs> hot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, anyway. it's a nice place to live. I mean, back then, I don't know about now. I'm not saying this. I still live here. I enjoy it. I guess I don't see all the bad stuff and anything. Um, but it's uh, I like. I enjoy it. Yeah, having a deed for your name. Um, that's what Jake uh, Ehrlich was talking about. You know, Johnny, can you, what evidence do you have that that's your name? You, you know, Johnny makes a claim. You make a claim, or, you know. You know, you might be violating one of those Ten Commandments real fast. Thou should not commit adultery, but you're going to call yourself an adult? And if, if an admixture is uh, an adulteration. So if you put a joinder between a, a surname and a given name, you've adulterated your given name. 
you might be committing another form of adultery, you know, with a, with a whore of Babylon or something like that. Matter of fact, to me, Babylon looks like baby loan. Like a baby loan? <laughs> sure. You know, and Moses was a family, he, you know, down the canal he goes in a little basket and she's, she can't afford to, uh, the way the story goes, right? She can't afford to take care of him. So she wants the queen to find him. Queen hands her right back to the real mother and says, hey, why don't you take care of this? Why don't you be the custodial parent? Just like, just like in Puff the Magic Dragon. There's three doctors standing there. Well, just, uh, you know, feed him and uh, take care of him. And maybe someday he'll be able to talk. So they're telling the parents what, you know, the mother and father what to do. So that they've just given him custody of little Jackie Draper. And I remember <laughs> there's a, they had this disease. They, they called it drapetomania. They said when slaves wanted to be free, they had a disease, uh, mental, you know, some kind of a psychological or disease or whatever they, they termed it, called drapetomania. And they called him Jackie Draper. But after that puff, you know, yanks his uh, sparkling spirit out of the boy sitting in the chair. <laughs> yeah. Right? He carries it over to the piece of paper that he drew on the chalkboard. And boom, it turns into a little citizenship. And now he's Jackie Paper. And he sails across to that island and they see the big old, uh, you know, Blackbeard the pirate or somebody with a patch over one eye. He turns him into a baker or a banker. And manna from heaven starts raining down. Right? In that movie. Right, right, right. And he sails back to Annalee, you know. I, I kind of like to call it the difference between a uh, little citizenship ding no captain or or you are you gonna um take the wheel of your ship of a state you know and steer that baby no. yeah it's a, the citizenship uh, is, is not the same as a ship of state you know what is it well allegedly uh <laughs> It's your you're a denizen of a uh, you know, political subdivision that's a city state uh, that has its own bylaws, and uh, so until you uh, you know get a christen your own ship and uh, grab that tiller. It usually has 12 handles on it on a big ship, right? Looks like a zodiac symbol. Zodiac wheel. Um, you know? Well, <clears throat> because uh, that's, that's that name on that certificate of live birth is, is an estate. It's not just a name, it's an estate. From what I heard. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. So, it's like, could it be that's what Jake Ehrlich was mentioned, talking about? Is everything's hearsay? It's all hearsay. It's all hearsay or, until you get that deed, yeah. You know, it's or, like... Um, uh, did he say that, or did you, just, did you come up that on your own? Um, I'd have to watch it again. But, I, think um, he just, I think he just said... 
only claimants need to prove stuff. I think that's what he said. If I recall. When he said basically, yeah. uh, when he said basically, um, you know, uh, without a reasonable doubt, you know, they need to find evidence because they're the ones claiming that you did something or some shit. And I find keeping it on them is just fucking beautiful. Can I tell? The deed sounds a little bit complicated. I fucking, I remember back when I was doing this, man, I was looking down that path. I was like, hell yeah, I need to go find me some car to use or something. Then I just said, ah, you know what? I'd rather ask the questions and have the burden so they can prove whatever it is they're telling me. And I find it works more simpler for me. It's, uh, you know? It is very complicated. Yep. Uh, It really is. But, you know, success means to hand something down to your successors. If you're most likely to succeed, you know, maybe, maybe you're supposed to have successors and, uh, and hand things down in a trust, you know. I think that's what we've forgotten how to do. We Just weren't taught in school. That everything about a trust. You know? thing about success is it might suck the success out of you. <laughs> if well, you know what I mean, success. Hey, well, I know, I've heard of a, <laughs> I've heard of a cesspool or an assessment. You mean like that? Huh? Um. Yeah, when I when I hear that word, uh, for instance, uh, affluence sounds a hell of a lot like effluence, doesn't it? Sewer water, because wealthy is different. Because if you were wealthy, you had many wells, fresh water, clean water wells on your land. You're wealthy, so there's a difference between wealth and affluence. Right, this answer. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the language could be anguish if not used properly. It's like a sword. The word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double-edged, of course. <laughs> it could work for you or it can mm-hmm. come and get you. Get you in the yes, diction. What What we say. Mm-hmm. Will be used against you. So <laughs> be careful. Whatever that yeah. is. Remember, it's not what goes in your mouth that can defile you. What comes out of your mouth can defile oh. you. No matter what you got on file. You know. Unless the file unless the file can speak what's it good for. So canning fire to light it up, huh? Some paper. That would be nice, but you know, Noah's Ark. I think of that as the archives. You know, there should be a record. Deeds in the archives. That way, there's no question. It would be nice to have a little star on the name or something like that. <laughs> Say, no, he's a good boy. Let him. What? He's good. He's a good little boy. A little what? You know, like a star next to your name? Like back in kindergarten, they would put a little star next to your name for yeah, such a good job. 
Yeah. Yeah, they did. Give you a blue ribbon. <laughs> Teacher's pet. Learn from the best. How yeah, how does the how does the bodies, brother? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking. I, I don't know. You don't know. You know it, it's it's alleged. Well, you know, like let's say let's say you go and you get a degree from probate. So there's a new there's a new date of birth, really. You know, it's kind of like being born again. So if somebody was to ask you, well, "What's your date of birth?" You might answer, uh, "Well, which time are you? Which which time?" And the Bible says, "I knew you before I needed you in the womb." So to claim a date of birth, you know, or even a birthday or a day of nativity would be making a claim that you might not have any evidence for, you know? It's all hearsay. Hearsay. Yeah. yeah. Without two witnesses. And, um... So, uh, that's cool. Probably older than you. But you know, um, the private information, you know. I gotcha, I gotcha. I got the little memo. <laughs> the memo? The memo? No. Hey, so you know that guy, Tactical Sovereign? Um, I know of him, yeah. Talk to him? Yeah, I got it. Huh? You spoken with him before? Um, joined in on a couple of calls a couple of times. Um, I try to keep a low profile mostly, you know? Um, but, you know, and I don't agree with everything he ever, you know, says and does. And I don't even like the name of his group because, you know, tactical indicates war and uh, the s word i stay the hell away from because <laughs> you just don't you don't need to use it you know what i mean and it's, it's an act of, act of terror so i heard yeah you know it's got a whole bunch of political connotations attached to it now for, and uh, and you just don't need to use it you know and I don't, you know, if you if you go reading up on that, you'll see that if it says somewhere that the people are, well, it doesn't say a person can be or one man is, you know. Anyway, it's a collective thing, right? So, you know, uh, just for, for starters, there's a couple things that I uh, take issue with, you know. And whose whose um, website like is whose website is no all caps? That would be trial errors. What's this membership for? Oh crap! Well, if you want to get into the private forum area, and maybe I'm not and sure to, if you have to do and that. I, and, I was, and, I, and I was and I was led to believe. 
from you know they were uh, following Jesus' teachings here, and they're charging my brother for this. God damn. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Putting in well, Jesus' clothes. Could it be that's? Uh, what do you think? Well, yeah, uh, that's a tough one, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's like it's like if if you have a webinar and you want to sell it, and it, you know, if it's it's like with these records and and books and stuff, you know, like um, I've often thought about this. It's like okay, so you you recorded the song. So let's say you're a musician, or maybe you painted some artwork. You put a price on that original piece of artwork, and you and then you sell it. Well, you gave it away. You sold it, you know. But to 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 try to get paid again for every single copy of it, to me, there's something something weird about that. You know, it's like um, you know, because you're not really losing anything if somebody copies it a million times over, right? Because you sold the first one. Maybe it should be a million dollars for the first webinar. And then everyone after that, you know, you could copy it as many times as you want. I don't know. That whole intellectual property thing's kind of. I just find it funny how, you know, they try to, <laughs> they say they, you know, they got the answers and yet they don't follow their own teachings. You know, I just find it hilarious. What is that old saying? Uh, teach what you, you know, preach or, or preach what you, you know, what you know or teach or something like that. Each one, teach one, or um, practice what you preach. There you go. You know, and it sounds like this whole you got to become a member thing. It's like, what the fuck is this? And then you got to pay money when, you know, allegedly there is no money, you know, and then the teachings of Christ says, you know, when you're born with these answers, what what do you need money for, in a sense? I I would never join a club that would actually have me as a member. (laughs) (laughs) there's some fucked up people right there (laughs) I'm telling you right now (laughs) well I I think membership is because some of the things shouldn't be offered you know spoken about publicly perhaps Um, but if you listen to that last call number 140 at Brian's you know she says she does have control of her securities in her minor account and that sort of thing. And, but apparently you can't buy food or something else, you know, with, with that. I don't know. You, I guess you could get a free room at a hotel, but you're still going to need money for groceries or something. Otherwise, yeah. You know, what, how about a bill of exchange, you know, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. It always, in the back of my mind I'm thinking well you know uh, there's something something doesn't act here you know if um, well, I'm there's some brothers around here that have actually gone to places like Walmart and that and uh, filled up the cart and just walked out <laughs> the door but you know what do I know I, you know I, it's just all alleged from what I hear not that I would ever do that myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, it would be nicer to have a, you know, some kind of a 
plastic card that you can throw down. It's, it's tied to your minor account that offsets all that stuff for you. But, uh, you know, maybe even at each time you use that, maybe it, it, it reduces the deficit, you know. Uh, maybe that, you know, treasury accounts get balanced to zero every night at midnight, you know, whether you deposit or, or withdraw from them should come off of the, uh, uh, I think that national deficit they talk about is about how much money that everybody has left unclaimed, you know, that's held in reserve for when they ever show up from beyond, lost beyond the seas. That's, uh, I know a guy that did a special deposit into his checking account with two different checks about five years ago. Did an appraisal on houses, about $2,500 each check, and he special deposited them. He, he wrote that on the memo section. And five years later, he's looking in the unclaimed funds for the state he was on. And lo and behold, there's $5,000 <laughs> waiting for him to claim. And he had used that money like a regular checking account, wrote checks against it, you know, and all that stuff after he deposited because just by adding that word special it makes the bank your trustee apparently allegedly i'm led to believe and instead of you being a general depositor which makes you an investor in that bank which means you're trying to get a gain so you're gonna have to pay a tax and you're gonna be uh if they go under you're only gonna be left with your fdic insurance at, at best And so, you know, I mean, that's what I mean. If you if you have the deeds and you get their computer system corrected, you know, I look at it like a just like a computer operating system. Um, you know, you that's like what going into the network, you know, and like taking data from an FTP server uh, with, without uh, logging in or something to just walk out of Walmart with a full cart, you know. You're not going to be, you know, if, if I look at the highways and, and stuff like kind of like a, the bloodstream, you know, or, or even like, um, like um, electrical circuit board, you know, in, in the bloodstream, you have these white blood cells running around looking for uh, aberrant cells, you know, but, and just like the packets on a, on a computer network are going to have a, a checksum and, and a Mac address and a, and an IP address, and they're either public or private IPs, you know, and, and private IPs aren't supposed to be routed public. There's so many parallels between the computer system on a wide area network and the actual legal system and these highways and roads, you know. So if, if you, if you change, you know, like there's a seven layers of the TCP IP stack, they call it, you know, uh, the physical layer, data link layer, network layer, um, session, transport, application, presentation layers, you know, and so if you've renewed your mind, it's like reflashing the ROM on, a, say, a network card. When, you, when your ROM, your read-only memory has been flashed, you're going to have to change drivers. And they, they do have the transport protocol. You know, TCP IP means uh, transmission control protocol slash internet protocol. There's a protocol, you know, if you use the right language and, and and so forth you know 
It's called maybe you it's can called a, it's called the it's called a command script. You ever heard that one? When they pull up the command prompt, you put in the right script, boom, 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 execute, boom, and the computer does the execution yeah. for you. Yeah, that computer just doesn't really, you know, like have an emotional attachment to anything. It, it's just like ones and zeros, you know. And unlike uh, people, but maybe that's why I was pretty good at it, <laughs> you know, um, because they do what they're supposed to do without uh, getting their personal feelings mixed into it, you know. Yeah, you, you enter, and it's if you didn't make any typographical errors, the command was executed. Yeah, but when the computer system says let let this traffic by, you know, then you're good to go. And and you know, you could have a card that you could pull into Walmart and, and stop at the check stand and let them do their accounting. You know, they need to have everything's counted. Boy, it's a county. In a country, C-O-U-N-T-R-Y, a country, everything's counted. It's all accounting. Got a circuit court, right? Charges and discharges. And if you're standing on the land, you know, charges should go right through you back to ground, shouldn't they? So if, you're ground, you if, you're, if, you're, yeah. if you're grounded. And I think that's why, you know, you'll see these pictures um, like in a textbook since about 1974, and they call it the blue marble. You know, and it's a graven image of, of heavens above and a living thing. Again, you know, in violation of the Ten Commandments. But most people have this strong delusion that that's where they live. In this fictitious realm, you know. When right outside the door, everything you see is flat and level and it's not moving, you know, and that's that's the earth. And you got the world or the globe, the globus cruciger, you know, a symbol of authority. So they they too, they exist side by side, you know, depending on your state of mind. You know, and if you live on a spinning globe flying through statelessness, you know, flushing towards a black hole somewhere in the sky with the Coriolis toilet flush going around and around, you know, <laughs> in a state of, you know, gravity, of running all of it, gravity. If itty means state of, well, then gravity is the state of being in the grave, isn't it? Well, good it be you this part of life based off of hearsay and assumptions driven by linguistic sleight of hand. And everything that you're talking about is right there. That's exactly it. You know, it, it's assumed because somebody said NASA and or others that we're on this ball, and then it's just assumed. You know, it's all hearsay, but it's assumed that what they're saying is true. And of course, then when it comes down to the general masses. They buy into it. Oh, we're on a ball. Everybody needs to understand we're on a ball. Because I know who are you talking about when you say we. Are you including me and we? Because what the fuck, nigga? 
Yeah. Yes, I'm not getting dizzy uh, and spinning around and around. And, uh, right. you know, I, there's so many. Hey, there, there, there's a bunch. I, can, I got a few more parallels for you in the, in the whole, you know, space thing. They Like, so let's say you got a mothership out there. We'll call it the ISS, International Space Station. Um, and boy, they're they're floating out there weightless, aren't they? They're, they're kind of they're tied to them. They'll they'll jump outside to fix it sometimes, and they're going to have an umbilical cord coming off of their belly button hooked to the mothership because yep. they're in a stateless condition. You know, they're in limbo. You know what I mean? And then, oh, hey, we found water on Mars. Well, if Mars is a sound in water, sonoluminescence, you know. And not a solid object. And that's what it appears to be when you look at it through any normal telescope. Well, of course there's water on Mars. You know, Mars is a sound in water. And, and they're capping on you. Or how about Planet X, the destroyer? Now, if you put, you know, an X is the mother's chromosome too, right? And that's your line of ascension. And you descend from the father's side. That's called your line of descension. And so there's a lot of talk about ascension these days, but in a different sense, you know. But if it's if an X symbolizes your mother's DNA, and they put an X next to every signature line, and that book says we were all born with a sin nature, and the G is silent, just like stop sign. If you're all born with a, a signature or a sin nature, and you're gonna put that next to an X on a flat line like an EKG that's dead, you know. Um, maybe Planet X is the destroyer. You know? and, um, also called Wormwood. And, you know, a coffin is, when I think of Wormwood, I'm thinking a coffin's six feet underground. That's why I, I never say I'm in the state of this or, you know, or in a city. You know, I'm on. I'm on top. I'm not six feet under. I'm not in, you know, the state of this or that, you know. I don't live in a stack of paper at the Secretary of State's office either. You know what I mean? Incorporated as a, you know, fictitious entity. I'm on the earth, you know? Yeah, it's all linguistic tricks. And it's one of the reasons why I really enjoy all the epiphanies that will hit you daily when you really start to see these things. Don't you have fun with it? I mean, it goes oh, on. Uh, everything that you're mentioning right there is pretty much exactly what I'm speaking of is how people say these things. They have no idea what they're really saying when they're saying this stuff. You know, because yeah. like you said, I'm on the earth. I'm on top of the dirt. You know, I'm not in the dirt, but to say that I'm in the state of or whatever, this is ridiculous stuff to say, but people say it all the time. So they not only reinforce it in their own minds, but to everybody that they're saying it to, less the people that get it and recognize, no, no, I'm actually on. Thank you very much. You can go ahead and be in if you want. That's what you believe, but no, I'm going to still be on it. Thank you. I believe no, you I actually are. Really. And if that's what you believe, you know, who am I to argue with you? Yeah. You know, it's actually yeah. pretty interesting because you're really pretty spot on, in my opinion, that with at least my own thoughts on some of the same stuff because well, yeah it, what it comes, comes down comes to mind right now before i forget and i hope i don't derail your thought process but i know i'll forget but what somebody once pointed out that you know a, a cruiser was what a pirate ship was called 
you know, and you know that um, they wear a, a, a letter, a, a badge, which is called a mark, right? And so they should have a letter of mark to go with it when they're out there doing what they do on the highways in a cruiser, right? And um, But once they get out of their cruiser and they walk across the land over to your boat, <laughs> you know, your vessel, um, mm -hmm. haven't they got out of the they got out of the water and now they're on the land, huh? Another yep. one that, uh, you know, when you try to get people to start to be aware of these things, they're not always receptive. And sometimes like one of the ones that I really, because we curse ourselves. If you call your children, well, I shouldn't even, if you call your offspring or your successors kids, aren't you really calling them babies? You are, you know, and, it's it's so prevalent now, you know. You could spend all day. Everybody you talk to is going to do. They're going to say something where they curse themselves. Generally, you know, like even like how about you know, hey, it's Monday. I have to go to work. I like to say I get to go to work, but um, maybe they shouldn't be called weekdays. You know, maybe they should be called strength days. And instead of weekend on the weekend, maybe we should call it the strength end. You know what I mean? Or recovery. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, I've got a birth certificate. And isn't that I've what it a... is? Isn't it recovery yeah. time? Mm. Well, or it could be recovery time. It could be enjoyment time. But recovery from many different, you know, many different aspects. I guess it could be depending on how you're looking at it because. Work can be strenuous, and you need more rest time sometimes, depending on the level of stress the body is under or even the mind, you know. And even yeah. if you're doing something enjoyable, it's still recovery time from whatever it is that created the stress to begin with, if whatever it is that you're doing is somewhat stressful. And even if what you're doing is enjoyable, there can still be stress involved with that. Particularly if it's something that you enjoy, but you you enjoy it doing it at a very high level, so you put yourself under a certain amount of pressure to maintain certain levels of standards. And which is exactly I what I was doing as system administrator. Myself under a lot of stress, where there is no pressure. There's nobody standing over me to say this is how you have to do it. It's all on me. So if if I fail at something. And particularly like right now with school, I don't have anybody saying, oh, you have to do this. You you know, no whip, no gun at the head, nothing like that. It's all on me. So I have to. And I have to not only make sure that I'm doing it, but I've got to push myself to be at the highest possible level I can. You know, and that does create some stress. And it's not because of anything other than the fact that I want to succeed at what I'm doing. I like what I'm doing, but I want to succeed at the highest level I possibly can, too. So, what are you studying right now? What's that? Uh, what are you studying right now? What's your... Uh... Law. 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 Actually, awesome. Law school in Purdue. Awesome. Thank you. I used to think about doing that years and years ago. Then I read 1L by Scott Turow. And I thought, well, he quit doing that and wrote books instead. You know, why is that? And now I find out what 
what they're really doing. You know, the Bible talks about lawyers having the keys to knowledge, but but hiding them from us. Right. Well, I started four years ago, actually closer to six years ago now, um, and it was with the intent to figure out how to beat them at their own game, how to win and figure out how to get into what I refer to as the game within the game. And I'm reasonably sure at this point that I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out pretty well. I've been told by – I was told by several of my free law professors that I was scary. A couple of them called me their – like their Kobe or their LeBron because they literally figured I was ready to go and do trials before ever even going through law school. I've been told by – a former prosecutor, his words specifically, you're scary fucking dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, what and do you I, think Cosmo would say that? Um, Anything particular that when they, stands I'm out? Sorry, what, what, I'm sorry. Anything, I, uh, the wind, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, was there anything in particular that you might have said or, or you know, have you uh, alluded to anything such as the names? Like oh, things like actually, that. It's kind of a bit of everything. Going through, going through the pre-law, I built a reputation, and this is where a lot of the teachers, a lot of the professors, actually, some of them didn't like me, but a lot of them really respected me, and some of them really loved me because I would bring something different into the class that wasn't necessarily part of the class, but it was still on point. But the way I would do it, particularly in the very beginning, is I would start off by asking some kind of a softball type of question, almost a DTD kind of a question to get the professor to follow me out into deep water. And then I would drown them by pointing to something that was contradictory to what they were actually saying. And I gained a reputation of doing this so well to where about halfway through the third year, even professors that hadn't had me in a class had heard about me and they wouldn't engage in, with me in a debate. The first thing out of their mouth was, no, you, would you please email the question because we're not going to go into it here in the class. <laughs> it was funny. But I actually had a couple of professors that wanted me in their capstone class when it came down to the very end of the pre-law. And I slightly declined to go into those classes because it was a third professor that I actually wanted to go after, and I wrote a paper specifically about government and all this other stuff, and it was actually really pretty much based on the Constitution, and it was even more specifically spun off of, to a certain extent, Spooner's uh, a Constitution of No Authority. Yeah, and by it was a really pretty good paper, and it was fun. I, I went specifically at this one professor mainly because of two things. One, I didn't like her. I respected her, but I didn't like her. But two, she used to be an assistant to the federal attorney general, and I destroyed the obligation of the so-called Constitution. I destroyed it with their own words. I used court rulings. I used um, other government documents, pretty much anything and everything I could that 
was so-called government ink on paper, I used it to undermine everything that is called this Constitution. Constitutors are dead, aren't they? I titled the paper, No Duty, A Constitution of No Obligation. Well, and do you think that the Declaration of Independence is a trust uh, indenture? Looks well, like one to me. In reality, if you look at them, the, even the Constitution, it, it, they create a corporation, and in fact, all corporations are trusts. So, yeah, and in fact, this is one of the interesting things because in my trust, uh, trust law and will class, this is one of the things that I brought out and I asked the professor specifically because when we were going through trust law specifically, I asked, well, because it was pretty obvious as we're going through how a trust is set up, I asked, well, isn't this pretty much how a corporation is set up? And the professor kind of looked at it and said, well, yeah, I guess so. And then I asked then, well, based on how I read the Constitution, and of course, like you said, the Declaration of Independence, isn't this the same thing as well? Pretty much basing, saying who we are, what we're here for, where we're planning on going, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, actually it is. So it confirmed it right there, and this is one of the interesting things along the way, particularly through the pre-law, is I got the professors to confirm a lot of the things that are kind of not really known, and like I said, sometimes a bit contradictory to the curriculum actually being taught, but still spot on with the curriculum, though. Most interesting one, though, is the about three months ago now, right before finals for the end of the first year, I got both the professors, and it wasn't like I specifically provoked them. It was just a weird conversation where they mentioned something about the ambiguousness of the system. I mentioned something in just about the ambiguousness of it. And, like, one professor said something about legislators, so-called lawmakers, getting ready to rewrite some stuff. And I said, yeah, to make them either more or less ambiguous than they already are. Her response was, exactly. The other professor literally the very next week said something about the ambiguousness of the system, and I said, oh, yes, the ambiguousness that I love so much. He said, it's all ambiguous. If it wasn't ambiguous, we would all be looking for something else to do right now. Sure. That's what is a capstone class? Yeah. What, what do you call them, capstone classes? What does that mean, really? That's the capstone for the pre-law degree, it's the very last class to where you take the last four years of all your research and everything that you've learned along the way and you write one big massive paper and pretty much encompass everything that you learn as much as you possibly can and for this class specifically because this was a class different than a couple of the others because some of the others were writing smaller papers this one was one big one and you basically Take something in government or the legal system that you think can be changed and debate on how it should be changed. I basically stated in changing the entire system. Fuck it, scrap it, and let's start over. 
fact, I put it well, is the, the biggest issue and the, the only thing that could really fix any kind of be a deep system that would be benevolent would be a system where it is completely transparent and then thus completely accountable in that any so-called people in these positions, and we only need an administrative system for the most part, maybe a small part of a justice system to deal with some small contractual stuff, and, of course, actual crimes such as rapists, robbers, and murderers. And robbery is one of those where, you know, it's a bit of a caveat because to actually steal something, technically it would need to be owned, but in this world and even in the legal system as it is, you can steal something from somebody that's simply in possession of it. So that, because that's really all we have anyways, that we're simply in possession of things. We're using them. But, yeah. yeah. Overall, though, from our bodies to our... Yeah. Even our bodies are basically, we're entrusted with them and we're just using them. Right, because how do you even prove to own the body? I mean, you know, the fact that we're actually in it and and using it is one thing, but what actual proof that we have ownership of it? Possession doesn't necessarily mean ownership. And yes, ownership is defined in many ways as possession, but yet possession does not define ownership because there's lots of things that are in possession of people that don't actually hold title to all the time. I mean, fuck, when you look at so-called corporations and all those so-called agents that have cars and this, that, and the other, even just a phone on the desk, it's not belonging to the person that's using it, but they still are in possession of it every time they're at that desk. Yeah, so, and then that word premises... It's kind of like that word premises, you know, the premise is that you possess it, right? And and if you, if you look at like a foreclosure or eviction notice, it's going to say, uh, uh, anybody, uh, you must vacate the premises. It doesn't say to vacate the house or the land. It says vacate the premise. You know, like maybe vacate the premise. Uh-huh. I, I, you're the one, brother, because you're right. They, they're saying the premises, because that's very vague language. It's ambiguous language. But let's step back one. It says you must. Who the hell is you? That's ambiguous too, bro. That's ambiguous you. just as much as for premises. It's all yeah. ambiguous. The whole thing. It, it's all completely, in fact, one of the most interesting parts of this and Part of the reason why I got so deep into the so-called badology and became good brothers with Mikey and a few others is particularly after getting out of pre-law and starting the so-called law school and reading a lot of cases and specific parts of cases because they didn't have us reading everything. And the level of acknowledgement and awareness within these cases by the judges writing these opinions as to how ambiguous all this shit really is. Because literally, in some of these cases, they're talking about, well, this 
judge in this jurisdiction on the same basic case, he ruled that way. And this other judge over there in that jurisdiction, he ruled another way. And, you know, I'm thinking of picking door number three. Fuck y'all. Which literally, yeah, those there, are there is no set stuff. There is and the whole thing of stare decisis and all this. That don't mean fuck all. It don't mean Just fuck opinions. all. Right. Just fuck exactly. And the judge, and this is part of why I caution people so much now. And I've even said this in class about arguing opinions in front of a judge because technically speaking, if you're going to argue that opinion, you really need to argue with the one that actually had the opinion, not some third party that's actually standing in front of you because that third party that's standing in front of you, he gets to interpret whatever the fuck, however the fuck he wants, and he gets to default if you don't like it to because I said so. And once that judge says, because I said so, you're done. There's nothing you can do. And to get upset, it, it's a waste I'd of time. I'd rather not argue with it. I think that's well, part that's of this. Part of why I caution people about doing that. Why argue? Just keep asking questions. There's nothing to argue until you, number one, melt the claimant. Until you've met the claimant and had a chance to settle the matter honorably, and until only then, because you're not going to be settling the matter honorably and argue at the same time. That's not possible. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was listening to uh, last week's call earlier today, and uh, Batman Jr. there was, uh, somebody said to him, um, what do they, they use the word argue or... Um, and he goes, well, I'm not arguing, you know, I'm just asking questions. He caught it right away. He's really good on his feet. But Well, yeah, because know. so many people think when you're asking questions, and particularly the questions that we typically ask, that you're arguing. So many times people think that your question is actually a statement where they'll say something like, yeah, I see what you're saying. I didn't say anything. I asked you a question. I'm waiting for your fucking answer, asshole. <laughs> I think um, and I haven't been able to locate I read somewhere once where uh, for the, the United States Code um, maybe it was the first enacted legislation you know the uh, what do you call it when it's actually enacted and then the rest of them then they did these revised statutes um, are only just uh, interpretations of the enacted legislation right? <laughs> something like that but in the yeah. actual enacted ones, and maybe in the in the first ones, and you'd have to go back and look. But it says somewhere that these are all presumptions. This is presumed to be the law. <laughs> well, yeah, and, that's it, part of why they call it practical law. Pra it's practically law, but not actually law. It's because what is practically practical, practically same fucking thing. Well, and the they practice law, they practice medicine, they practice psychiatry, and, and, and practice witchcraft, I think is yeah. uh, tied in with that. And I, when I hear that word witchcraft, and I think of the wicked witch of the West, and maybe it's just me, but I'm always, sometimes maybe I make <laughs> connections that aren't really there, but I think of, you know, um, which one are you? If it's the wicked witch and it's witchcraft, um, maybe it's because they're offering you a, a misnomer name. 
and you don't know which is which, you, you accept that temptation. And well, then boom, not only that. Could... Well, there's, there's a few things to it. I didn't mean to cut you off there, brother, but there's a couple things. Right. Because there's the name, and then there's the potential of this part, and it, you won't find anything that I have come across yet. But over the last two years now, since um, getting out of the pre-law, graduating from pre-law, and it's been almost two years because I took six months off. I took a semester off after the first semester because I was just so burnt out. So, it, but I during that time, I spent a lot of time studying, continually studying alternative parts of this system. And it would seem to me that one of the biggest parts of all of this is when they talk about they being the so-called judges or whoever, talk about and or make that statement, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, you couple that with he who will be deceived, let him, old legal maxim, particularly in contract. Okay? Uh-huh. If if what I have kind of figured out, and if it be true, based on all the information that I'm looking at, the so-called legal system here in the United States is based off of the 1611 King James Version of the Bible. That's the law. Right. If whoever is that phrase, ignorance of the law is no excuse, is thinking that what is being said is they're referring to the nearly 60 to maybe 80 million estimated, it's probably actually closer to 80 million so-called codes, statutes, regulations, whatever the fuck. Okay, fine. That's what you believe, but of course, you look at that, that's completely unknowable. You you can't be anything but ignorant of that because it's not possible for any one person. I have yet to meet anybody that knows all of it. Even the professors will tell you, no, there's no way. Of course, the big thing is what you learn in law school is how to find things real well. So whatever it is, you can always look it up, but that's still completely beside the point because the only time you're ever going to typically look something up is after the fact to find out because unless you pre-plan something, it's always going to be after some kind of an event where you go, oh, fuck, I better figure out what the fuck I do here. So when it comes down to that, yeah, if you don't know the law, i.e. the King James Version of the Bible, 1611 specifically, but you don't have to look for too much. The basic version of King James or even the new King James Version is based on the 1611. So you don't have to search out that specific. But it would seem to me, and this is the big thing too, you don't need know every word of the Bible. You don't have to read it 100% front to back. Once you start to understand and get the spirit of the law in your heart and understanding that this is basically what the common law is written off of. Don't harm or kill. Don't steal or damage. Don't defraud. Well, one of the best ways to do this is to have love in your heart for your neighbor. You just have love in your heart for your neighbor. You're never going to have that problem. It's fucking simple as that. Yeah. I know. But if you don't have love in your heart for the neighbor, it becomes really simple to fuck him over in every chance you get. 
It's just that simple too on both sides of it. So once you once you understand you understand the spirit of the law without ever knowing every word of it, it becomes pretty simple to walk within it. And in fact, most people actually already do and they don't even know it. Because when I've asked across the board, just the random person in calls and or in the street, in the store, whatever, do they know even a fraction of the 60 to 80 million estimated? No. Well, then how do you live your life on a daily basis without knowing what laws, you know, so-called terms and conditions of the contract known as the so-called Constitution? Well, I just try to not harm anybody and just be a little good person. Oh, so you basically live under the common law. Don't harm or kill. Don't steal or damage. Yep. There you go. It's the living word. So it's it's for the living. What's that, brother? You know, it's it's the living word. And so it's for the living. You know, and a corporate church is going to say, hey, after you're dead, you know, uh, you're going to be all right. Whereas uh, if you actually apply it now, you should be able to walk on water now and have all your debts paid by accepting, acknowledging the trust in the New Testament. You know, it's like when they mail out that birth certificate I was going to mention earlier. There's no evidence that you received it because they just mail it out, uh, you know, regular mail. It's not certified or, or registered. And if you don't, you know, acknowledge, and it's the same on computer networks. Again, there's that SYNAC and FIN package, three-way handshake. And and to complete the handshake in, in you know, trust law and so forth, you need a deed of acknowledgement, right? A deed of acceptance and acknowledgement for, say, a, a title to land or uh, anything else like that. And so it would be really cool if you were able to pay off all your uh, your tuition at Purdue using your birth certificate. You might be the first well, one to ever do that. In reality, you I'm know. actually I, I'm actually on a slightly different path, but uh, that wouldn't be a bad thing either. But because of some things that I've just recently learned, in fact, Mikey and I have both been playing with some of this stuff with the uh, so-called predators and bankers. Yeah, well, you know, we've been doing a lot of stuff where we've been calling up and asking to talk to the person with the first-hand knowledge so that we can renegotiate the contract and this, that, and the other thing and have a good time with it. Right. (laughs) I recently am getting ready to finish off on it. I wrote some letters to a couple of them and was specifically asking for uh, information that they were supposed to be able to provide or um, how the accounting is being done. And specifically, the assets and liabilities. I wanted to see the assets and liabilities sheet to see if they were following the uh, what's known as the generally accepted accounting principles and a few other things. And this is all based on some knowledge that I gained along the way. And in these letters, I put that I wrote these letters specifically as a 
uh, request for adequate assurance of due performance. And under, I forget what UCC it is, but under one of the UCC files, if you're in a contract with somebody and you have reasonable suspicion that there is something askew, if you write a letter asking for adequate assurance of due performance and there is no response from the other party, you can immediately consider the contract terminated right then. Well, I gave these guys three opportunities over 30 days because I wrote them three letters, gave them 10 days. That should apply for a courtroom too then, right? That should apply on any court case. That should apply on court cases as well then, right? Yes, absolutely. And it, can, and it can actually apply to almost anything. Because in reality, mm-hmm. in, in any situation, and it doesn't really matter what, if you write a letter and are asking for certain things, the party at the other end, for the most part, is pretty much bound to respond. Or, and of course, this is one of those things that I look at from some of the language, like we were talking about, some of the ambiguous language used out there and such, that you can get these people into agreements. And they don't have to do anything. But if you do things right, like what I did, where I wrote three letters, anything that's ever got those unquestioned, unrejected, or unrebutted is considered to be consented to and or true. Well, this pendulum swings all directions, and if you do it right, Ultimately, if it comes down to where I end up in court, and even if they show up short of them providing all the evidence that I have asked for, which if they do provide even the slightest little bit and it doesn't show what it should, they're screwed, which is part of why they probably won't even show up, which is part of why I'll probably end up with the default judgment. And in these letters, I basically put that if they can't provide the information, it will be agreed upon that the so-called balance will be zeroed out and there will be continued use of the card. Because ultimately, if this is a contract, the real quid pro quo is that there is a even exchange, a sufficient exchange. Well, if I'm the lender to them as the borrower, why would I pay anything back? And specifically, why would I even pay anything with interest? It would seem to me that fair and the fair practices and good faith dealings would mean that we just have an even exchange of this for that. So if I use the card, I get the services and the gear that I've used the card for. They get the purchase receipt, which is a promissory note, which they get to sell on the open market or to the treasury. They still going to get their so-called money. I'm going to get whatever it was that I used the card for. There you go. There's your quid pro quo to this for that. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Okay. Seems just simple. Seems just really fucking simple. Now, is it going to ultimately play out that way? I don't know. I got to finish it off to see how it ends up finishing. But ultimately, it would be very hard if I've done everything right, which I believe I have. But again, I won't know until it's done. Yeah, <laughs> I ultimately dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's proper. It'd be really hard for a judge to not 
give me a default judgment at the very back end. So, and do you send we'll those letters with uh, notarized? And yep, witnessed and so forth. Yeah. I believe it's known as a notary presentment, where I had them, the notary, not only notarize them, but then address and package the letters into the envelope and send everything off, and everything was to be sent back to the notary, so that the notary yeah. was my party service witness to all communications to and from. Right, right, right. A disinterested third party, yeah. Yes, exactly. And, of course, he's already signed the statement that there has been no responses at all. And, in fact, one of the the so-called creditors did recognize that they got the letter, but they sent – they all they sent – they didn't send what was asked for, but they did send a list of the so-called debts that were racked up on it. On the so-called card, and he's like, "Thank you very much. I didn't ask for that. I asked for damn near everything else but this because I really didn't give a shit about this. I'm already kind of aware of what the so-called card was used for. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> Thank you very much. I got good enough memory. I can still remember that. I need to know all the things that I don't know. So, right, right. <laughs> exactly. It's like, come on, guys." I didn't ask for this. I asked you for the I asked you for the balance sheets. I want to know what's listed as an asset. What you allegedly so called took. I want to know did you actually lend me money? I'm led to believe that I'm actually the lender to you as the borrower. Is this true? And in fact the way I wrote all the questions, I wrote them all as yes or no questions to where there was no margin well, for error, no explanation. If you and I put a link to a, a talk to in the chat, okay? And if you look, go back and listen to that, I put a link to a talk to you in the chat. Okay. And we're with trial era talking about um, that a name is considered funds is one of the 50 different definitions there are for the confounded language. I've had another guy, some of you may have heard of KW, he, he once said that uh, English was the, the language mentioned in the Bible that, that they used to, to confuse our language. And I, I don't know uh, what he bases that on, but it makes sense. Um, but one of the definitions for a name is, is funds. And that uh, so the quid quo that they give you is this, this name that you're going to lease. Matter of fact, she'll, uh, she pointed out how if you go look at uh, – the lesser keys of Solomon on Wikipedia, it will show you that uh, there are 72 demons listed um, that uh, come along with any lease. And so if you're leasing an apartment, you know, in, in a misnomer name that they're giving you in exchange for your credit, um, it might it might be that simple that that's what they consider, you know, the exchange. They're 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 leasing you a name because because you don't have a deed for your own, and you know, and you you haven't corrected uh, everything to proper um, form. You know, using the graven uh, a name in vain, and and you're violating Title eighteen, Section thirteen forty two when you're receiving mail in that criminal uh, capitalized name. All caps is a criminal, she'll tell you. <laughs> and they're capitalizing on it, you know. And 
So, but if if you go and and correct it and with the, with a decree for you, now you have a court order and decreed by it's a decree in equity uh, for that that name, then you know you're the beneficiary. And if you listen to that last call, she talks about how to get them to liquidate the accounts, even or you know. And get your get your power bill taken care of, your mortgage payments and everything else. By uh, there's three places she's taught us to go. Is I went to the DMV, I went to Social Security with the decree, and you're also supposed to uh, do a change of address order with the postmaster and show them that decree. So your last known address is not an all capital letters uh, graven name, you know, tombstone graven image. Of a living thing. And what it's is interesting. That, uh, in the Chicago style manual, they call it uh, a style. All caps is, is a style. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and they yeah, use a stylus to engrave a tombstone. It's called a, the tool they use is called a stylus. And on tombstones, <clears throat> graves markers, you always see all capital letters for someone's name. And so. Yeah, it's, it's right there in front of us. Um, but so, you know, what do you think about that? You, if you're leasing the name back from them, have they given you something since you didn't bring a name of your own to use? They also they talk in there about how when you go to close at the closing table for for real estate, um, you should have a notary there with you and uh, have them witness that you signed the promissory note, which is the payment and payment has been made. You know, I. I I've heard that that they uh, they usually they say for consideration, uh, for a loan you have received, you know, and then you sign something that says you got a loan, but you you haven't got the loan yet. So, you know, what are they loaning you? Yeah, they're they're you know your own. There's an abandoned account there that if you don't claim, they're gonna keep, huh? But if all corporations are are trusts and they're you know and they're your trustee, and you have evidence that you're the beneficiary, um, that should change everything. And so you don't want to use a misnomer name. Uh, I think that's the key to knowledge that the lawyers are hiding that's mentioned in that King James Bible. Lesser Keys of Solomon. Look that up on Wikipedia. Yeah. You know, they, when people get let out of prison, they call them parolees when they're on parole. Yeah, well, they're trustees when they're in. Yeah, still there.
going there. Mikey. Hey, Pace. Are you guys still there? I'm here. What the hell happened? Oh, I got a poor internet connection out here by this lake, and uh, the call had dropped. I was talking for another three or four minutes or more and didn't know it, but I'm back. Anyhow. Yeah. Sorry about that. No worries. Well, I don't know. Is Mikey still on there? Mikey, are you there? about Dusty? Is he still around? Nobody? Holy crap.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.